the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kabalik. It is Monday the 25th. You are tuned into Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle. Full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. Family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at SuttonandJanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Marsha had to run out this morning uh, for some family stuff, so hopefully she'll be back today or uh, later today or tomorrow or whatever she can get back. So... You'll just be hearing uh, me today and a little bit later on in the show. I want to talk about the Four State Food Truck Fest, which was this past weekend. That was a blast. There was a million people downtown. Uh, it was a great you know, event. There was uh, great food. There were good vendors. There was great music. People dancing and walking around town uh, on a great fall Saturday evening. It was perfect. We'll be talking about that uh, here in a few minutes. But we do have our first guest joining us in studio from Home Helpers Home Care, the uh, executive director, Lisa Falsey. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, Jordan. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing just fine. Kind of uh, trying to figure out how to do everything since Marsha had to run out today. But uh, <laughs> that's kind of how it goes on a Monday, right? That's exactly right. So how you been? How's everything been going with uh, Home Helpers Home Care? Well, you know, it's a very exciting time for us. Um, you know, we hear a lot in the legislature about possibly some help for home care businesses and our clients who are receiving care. So we're very excited about that. Yeah. And we've um, had some excitement in our local office um, mm-hmm. for this area. We have um, two um, things that we'll talk about today in regard to recognition of our wonderful, exceptional caregivers. Absolutely. Now, before we get to that, because there are a ton of people to be recognized uh, locally for that, uh, can you let everybody know that maybe they're just tuning in for the first time and hearing about Home Helpers Home Care, what you guys provide? Because it's a pretty great service. Well, thanks. Um, yeah, you, you know, we provide care for folks in their home. So it's anywhere from those who need assistance with their personal hygiene um, to those who need some help with their housework because it gets a little harder as you get older. Mm-hmm. Good meals. Um, we have uh, caregivers that can help cook. And we also have a great meal service so that we can deliver meals at the home. We also offer daily wellness calls that we can call and check and remind people to eat and drink and take their meds. And then we also have a um, the little devices that folks wear around mm-hmm. their neck so that if they have an emergency, such as falling out in the yard or while they're out shopping, they have an episode of some sort, they can press a button and get some help. Mm-hmm. So we have all of those various different services at Home Helpers. And we serve a large area, too. So we're serving Berkeley, Jefferson, Eastern Morgan County, big parts of Clark County and Frederick County in Virginia oh, and most of Washington County and and uh, Frederick County in Maryland. Wow, that is a pretty wide net that you cast <laughs> around the area. And I get to hear uh, your home helpers, home care commercial all the time. Like I get to hear a million commercials all the time. Um, <laughs> but your commercial stands out to me because when you think of, you know, home care for, you know, the elderly, say, right, uh, you only think about the person that is needing the care, not maybe, you know, their spouse or, you know, whoever else is in the house with them. And in that uh, commercial, 
Again, I hear a million times. Uh, it's uh, the one of the big points is that uh, I believe that's you on the commercial. I'm not sure, but they uh, say that their dad, you know, that's also with the mom that is in need of the home care. Uh, you know, he thought at one point, you know, why don't I kind of use this service a bit? You know, I need to go out and do some things. I want to, you know, have some time to myself. Uh, and that's where Home Helpers Home Care can come in for, you know, everyone in the family. That's exactly right. You know, one of the things that family caregivers neglect is themselves. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes they end up with health issues and and, um, they're physically exhausted, mentally exhausted, emotionally exhausted. And honestly, they just want to go back to being the husband or the wife or the daughter or the son or the brother or the sister and have that regular dynamic of their relationship. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, when we're family caregivers, that's really the relationship that's lacking. So home helpers can come in. And even if it's part time, you know, four or five, six hours a day, two or three days a week, we can be there so that the other family caregivers can actually go back to some of their normal routine, whether Mm -hmm. it's working, going to get your nails done or your hair done, going to the grocery store alone, going out and sitting in the car in a park and just, you know, going golfing. Um, spending time with a friend, that's what we're there for. Absolutely. Again, speaking with Home Helpers Home Care. Now, the big uh, thing to talk about today is the 2021 Exceptional Caregivers Award, or Caregiver of the Year Award, which uh, one of our very own local caregivers won that, right? That's exactly right. We had several that were nominated, and we had one that was in the top 20 in the nation. Wow. So our, our home office, which is in Cincinnati, they'll actually send out a video crew. Mm-hmm. And they'll be making some, uh, they'll do a complete marketing campaign uh, featuring this particular caregiver. Wow. So it's the first time we're in our sixth year of business, and it's the first time we've had someone recognized at the national level. That's pretty neat. That's pretty I think neat. so, too. And that's, I mean, what does it take to get to that point? Is it just a bunch of nominations so the person can, you know, the powers that be can notice what they're doing? Or is it kind of a personal thing that if you want to be nominated, you kind of, as the caregiver, you kind of put yourself into the light, if you will? No, it's actually not. um, This year in particular, we made sure not to nominate folks out of our office. So caregivers can nominate each other Mm -hmm. and um, we can nominate from our office, but also it's for family and family members to nominate. So this year we did not nominate from the office. We actually just sent out, you know, all of the announcements to family and past families. And this particular caregiver was one that was recognized by the families that she's provided services for. Wow. So you didn't want to kind of, you know, stuff the ballot box a little bit, right? That's right. We wanted to have a level playing field for the caregivers who and to show how exceptional they truly are to their clients and families, because that's really what matters. So what are some of the criteria that they were looking for, you know, in this search for the nominations? Is it just uh, based off the you know recommendations and the things that the clients have said? Well, what the clients have to do is there's an online portal that they fill out information and they have to write really why they think this caregiver is exceptional and what they've done for their family. Mm-hmm. So um, I've seen, you know, we don't see the nominations. They all go directly to Cincinnati. Yeah. So, and they, they have a committee of folks that read through them. And they get thousands. I mean, you have to remember, we are in a, over a thousand locations across the country. And some of our um, agencies actually have as many as, you know, a few hundred caregivers working for them, mm-hmm. particularly in large city areas like Philadelphia or something like that. And so um, that's what we're competing against. And so we're very, very proud that we were part of those top 20. 
Absolutely. Again, speaking with Home Helpers Home Care here on Panhandle Live. Uh, real quick before we have to get to this next break, anything else big going on with Home Helpers Home Care? Maybe you're looking for some new uh, caregivers to maybe sign up or anything like that? Well, there is. But before we do that, yep. I'd like to list the names of those caregivers who were the 2021 Exceptional Caregiver nominees. Mm-hmm. And then I'll mention the one who won the big prize sure. and one other one. Sure. So the nominees were Patty Lamb, Christina Kemmel, and Amanda Harrington. And then the big winner of the national award was Laura Bradley. And we're really proud of Laura because she's also our only veteran employee currently. Really? So she's a veteran from the Coast Guard. Wow. Yeah, so we're very proud of her. And she's soon to graduate college, so we're hoping she doesn't move on. Oh, yes. Fingers (laughs) crossed, right? That's right. Fingers crossed. Um, And then the other nomination that we had was from the Home Care Association of America, Mm -hmm. which we're members of. And um, we had one caregiver who was nominated for that award on a national basis, and they had over 200 nominees. Wow. So um, that's a pretty big deal because a lot of home care um, owners and companies across the country are parts of that. Mm -hmm. And so we're very proud that Candy King was nominated in that position. Very cool. Awesome. (laughs) So on to big things in regard to hiring. So, yes, we are absolutely looking for exceptional caregivers to come and work for us. And do you need to be a nurse or have, you know, the, the certifications and whatnot? No, you do not. Um, You do not have to have any type of a certification to be a home care caregiver. Um, And we are launching the one and only apprenticeship program in West Virginia for advanced home health care aides. Really? So um, we are already in the apprenticeship through the Department of Labor. We have not accepted our first um, apprentices just yet. Um, We're waiting on one more thing to come from the state. But um, we have been awarded a budget for that from the state of West Virginia, and we're very excited about it. So you're going to have a lot more information coming forth on that. Awesome. The apprenticeship programs are always the best because it's such an easy, it's an easier way to, you know, let somebody come in instead of just saying like, here, uh, we need your help, sign up. You don't, you know, need all the different things, but we're just going to throw you right into the job and you kind of have to figure it out for the most part by yourself. (laughs) So the apprentice programs definitely help out to kind of, I guess, calm the waters a bit for a prospective caregiver. Well, you're exactly right. You know, the idea is to let people uh, have an entry-level position into the healthcare spectrum. And this is a great way for a young person in particular to understand if this is the direction that they want to go in their career path. Um, I believe that we'll be working possibly with some community colleges to help parlay some of those classes over into credits. Mm -hmm. Um, That would be a really great um, opportunity for the apprentices so that they can actually see that this is very beneficial to them because it is a one-year program. They're investing time. And, you know, it's really one of those things um, that I'm really excited about. And it's a great way to help young people. I'm all about employment and helping our community. And I think this is just one more way that we can do it. Again, speaking with Home Helpers Home Care Executive Director Lisa Fauci, can you let everybody know before we go to this break where they can uh, go to find out some information on Home Helpers Home Care, maybe if they want to sign up? Absolutely. Our website is just www.homehelpershomecare.com forward slash Martinsburg or forward slash Hagerstown or forward slash Frederick. Wherever so you're at. Lots of different website URLs. 304-433-8000. 
Perfect. Well, thank you for stopping in this morning. Congratulations to the 2021 Exceptional Caregiver of the Year uh, winner, Laura Bradley, from here uh, in the Panhandle area, which is very cool. It's always cool when you get, uh, I feel like we're used to hearing around here about sports accolades and different things like that. But, you know, this is just as important, if not more important, than all that stuff, too. And I'm glad that uh, she gets the recognition. And so do you guys get the recognition as well. So thanks for stopping in. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And stick around for more here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firms serving West Virginia and Maryland, to make individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit a new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Marsha had to run out this morning, but uh, we still have a jam-packed show today. And before the last break, we had Home Helpers Home Care in to talk about all the great things that they do for the elderly and uh, the people of need here in the area, and of course, about Laura Bradley. It was a 2021 Exceptional Caregiver of the Year winner, which is very cool, and it's uh, cool to have that kind of a spotlight shined on us here in the Panhandle, especially for things like that. But speaking of light shined here on the Panhandle, had a lot of stuff going on around here this weekend. Had the Four State Food Truck Fest. We had Shepherd Homecoming. And speaking of Shepherd Homecoming, my goodness, what a wild game that was. It ended up being 42-38. The final score was Shepherd beating Westchester, again, at homecoming. Packed house at Rams Stadium, which you can always tune into if you can't make it to Rams Stadium for a game or to any of the games. You can always tune into it over on our sister station, 95.9, the Big Dog. But it was back and forth, and it was cold. It was rainy. It was a perfect fall you know, weather day for football, and it was a great game. So uh, if you need any of that info, you can always listen back to it a little bit later on. Uh, we'll talk about that with Coach a little bit later on this week, too, and things like that as well. But the big uh, event that was happening here in the Panhandle was the four-state Food Truck Fest put on by Main Street Martinsburg, and it was all throughout downtown Martinsburg uh, on Saturday. It was from noon to 7, so you had plenty of time to get out there, but... Uh, if you're looking for food, well, you didn't have as much time. Well, I definitely didn't have as much time uh, as I thought to go get some food because there were so many people and it was such a good time that most of these food trucks uh, ran out of food before, you know, us late crowd could get there two hours, an hour before everything shut down. Now, there was a winner for the food truck competition and it was CNC Frozen Treats. It was ice cream, Italian ice, different things like that. Uh, it looked delicious. I saw the truck there, but I think they were uh, out of ice cream and everything everything by the time I got there. The only one that I saw that had the crazy long line was for the funnel cakes, which my goodness, those funnel cakes look delicious uh, when people were walking around with them and doing that kind of stuff. But Miss West Virginia was there, Jalen Retchford. Uh, I've been looking at all the Facebook lives that, uh, you know, Robbie Blair put up there for Main Street Martinsburg over on their Facebook page, and it was an absolute blast. So I hope you were able to get down there and to enjoy the four-state food truck fest in between the rain showers at the beginning. It got nice a little bit later on. So it was a perfect fall you know, day for football and the perfect fall day for hanging around downtown Martinsburg and having some good food and having some good times. Now, another thing that was great about the Food Truck Fest was the music. Uh, I can't remember her name now, but uh, when I got there about an hour before everything started to shut down, I think it was Lady D, maybe? Ladies, uh, I can't remember what her name was. I have to ask Robbie next time we talk to him. But uh, it was like a funk and soul band, and my goodness, they had the whole place grooving i'm telling you everybody was dancing uh, while they were playing all out and about uh, through downtown martinsburg but a great weekend here 
in the Panhandle. I hope you were able to out, go out and experience all of it. If you did and you got some pictures, maybe you took some pictures of the food at the Food Truck Fest. Uh, maybe you're at Shepherd Homecoming. Maybe you're at the Martinsburg-Jefferson game, which, goodness, that had everybody talking on Friday. And the final score, I think, was a little bit more lopsided uh, than most people thought, at least than I definitely thought. I thought that game was going to go down to the final uh, play, but it didn't. Now, I don't have the uh, total final score here, but uh, Martinsburg won, beating Jefferson. So that gives Jefferson their first loss. And Martinsburg stays undefeated and number one in the state. Man, a lot of stuff happening in the panhandle this weekend. And I heard there was like, I don't know, I'm going to exaggerate a bit, but like a million people at that Martinsburg-Jefferson game, which is always great for that rivalry because it's such a long-storied rivalry. uh, And it's nice to have a new chapter added to it. But stick around here in a few minutes on Panhandle Live. We're going to have Mikey Withrow on to talk about Berkeley County Extension Service 4-H, you know, enrollment season, things that are going to be going on uh, into the holiday season and things like that. But that's all happening right here in just a few minutes on Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. From Pawpaw to Harper's Ferry, from Martinsburg to Winchester, it's Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. You can visit our new historic location, downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Marsha is out for today, but joining me in studio is Berkeley County Extension Service 4-H coordinator, Mikey Withrow. Mikey, how you doing today? Doing great. Glad to be in studio again. It's always a, a good time to get out of the office and talk about 4-H. Absolutely, yeah. We're not a uh, we're not too bad of an excuse to get people out of work for at least a little bit. It's a great day. excuse for me. <laughs> so what have you been doing? So we were talking a little bit off air, and you've uh, stayed as busy as ever. So how was uh, how's the fall been for 4-H, and what kind do you expect going into the uh, wintertime? Absolutely. So October is re-enrollment and 4-H enrollment month. So that is when we try to get all of our members from previous years to go in and put all their new information information in and it's kind of our membership drive so we try to get as many new people in as we can Um, so october really is kind of an all hands on deck it's we have different craft events we have different community events Um, it's getting all the paperwork pushed around Mm -hmm. Um, that's probably the least favorite part of everybody but it's the one that we try to knock out earliest in the 4-h year right Um, but it was funny i was sitting out in the truck listening talking about the food festival so we were actually there handing out some pamphlets had some people come up it was awesome yeah uh, but I agree. I, w- I went at 12 for lunch and handed out some 4-H stuff um, and then went back with a group of friends at five and it was cleared Ooh. out. So, it, but it was a, it was a great event. It was, you know, it's awesome to see those types of things with 4-Hers at them because it right. means, you know, they are supporting the local community. Um, but it was really nice to see them out and about in such an open air way. Oh yeah. Say I was at the shepherd game, which was noon to like, I don't know, call it four. Right. So I was like, yeah, I still got some time to get back into town, you know, get something to eat, maybe even walk the dog first, then get <laughs> something to eat. Right. Well, I went and did all that and go down to get something to eat. And the only thing that was left, uh, which is a good th- problem to have if you're the, food truck fest people uh but the only thing that was open was the funnel truck or yes. funnel cake truck which smelled and looked delicious but uh i couldn't be bothered to stand in the line <laughs> oh, absolutely <laughs> but um going into this winter uh do you do any you know toy drives are you gonna you know getting out in the community a little bit more especially since i would imagine 4-h in the winter time uh is a little bit of a downtime for everybody 
I uh, I don't know that there is a downtime for four. A little bit, a little bit of one. <laughs> it's one of those things where we kind of hit it in high gear until we can run out of breath after yeah. August. <laughs> yeah. um, but we actually are just finishing up for National 4-H Week, which is the first um, full week in October. Um, our kind of kids decided that we were going to do a countywide Meals on Wheels drive. So right now we probably have 1,700 um canned goods, different type of things Whoa. up in our office that we still have to drop off. Uh, but kicking off next week on the 1st, we will start our annual toy drive. Um, so we are, we are in our third, I think, kind of one at this point, third or fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's historically been one of our greatest successes that we have. It's a great partnership that we give back um, to the area schools as well as the Boys and Girls Club, some different groups here in Martinsburg. Um, and really what happens is we put the call out, hey, we lo- we're looking for new or in unused toys. Mm-hmm. Um, send us what you got. And we have had huge successes. And I'm talking like over 2,000, 3,000 toys. Wow. Um, last year was hugely successful. We hit 3,500 uh, so we're hoping Goodness. to match that again this year, if not yeah. succeed it. Um, now, uh, where can people, and I, I know you haven't you know, fully announced everything yet, but uh, where can people normally go and donate these you know, toys for the toy drive? Absolutely. Is it at the schools and the, in the uh, Boys and Girls Club and things like that? So they can bring those directly to our office at 400 West Stephen Street, Suite 302. Uh, we actually kind of added an element last year where they could actually go on Amazon. We made a list. Oh, cool. Um, so we'll, we'll share that as well, and we'll share out the um, QR code. That way people can just scan it with their phone and go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but last year, that seemed to be the best way to get it. Oh, uh, b- because they could literally go and, and we chose different you know toys that way we had a younger group a middle group a mm-hmm. high school group um, but it, it truly was kind of every day for us we were getting packages and that oh, was that was a really cool way to do it yeah that would be perfect especially uh in the state of the world as it is now i mean goodness everybody's online shopping anyways and exactly. it make it even easier just uh, if you're scrolling through and like yeah let me add this onto the cart and then it just sends it out on its own yes it is perfect now, we were also talking uh, during the break, and you said you got a little bit of a trip planned uh, for yourself coming up, but at the end of that trip is for a pretty big reason, uh, because one of the uh, local 4-Hers is being nationally recognized, right? Absolutely. So, um, Julie Snyder stepped up and asked if, if there was anything that we needed, or uh, she's one of the kids that I can call on and I, I volunteer, voluntold. <laughs> uh, it would kind of depend on the day. Uh, but, you know, she stepped up and filled out the application to represent Berkeley County for the National 4-H Congress. Um, it's an application progress. So she had to go through, um, make an official resume, make a collage of different 4-H events, kind of tell her 4-H story in a narrative, um, go through the interview process with a couple different groups of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was actually fifth in line to go. So, it, you know, to have somebody in that top five spot, um, to be able to go and recognize, you know, Berkeley County and West Virginia at such a high level, um, you know, that's an amazing honor for a kid. And, you know, it, it's one more thing that I'm proud of for these kids. Right. Um, but Julie truly has kind of embodied what 4-H is and does. And, you know, she's constantly looking for stuff to do. She's constantly volunteering back. So she's one of kind of those rock star kids. Um, and it's funny, you know, <laughs> I say I'm going on vacation the 12th through about the 1st. Really, it's three 4-H trips back yeah. to back. <laughs> so you're never um, too far away from work, right? I, no, never. So it, it'll be fun. I actually get to go and present nationally at our National 4-H conference down in Memphis mm-hmm. um, two weeks before that. Um, so it's it's a constant revolving door of where I'm going and what who I'm representing and what for. 
Again, speaking with Berkeley County Extension Service 4-H coordinator Mikey Withrow. Now, you're going to some uh, pretty good barbecue uh, places down south of your trip. Now, are you a barbecue guy? Absolutely. I was going to say, Memphis, I've never been to Memphis. And I think, are they dry? Is it dry rub or Memphis does like the wet sauce for their ribs and stuff? I think it'll do both. Yeah, well, I can't remember which one. Because like I think the you're in that one. territory where you're not quite far enough near North Carolina. Right, right. So I think you end up getting a mix of both. Well, you'll have to uh, let us know next time we talk to you after your trip how that barbecue was. I can there. definitely do that. Absolutely. So tell everybody before we have to get to this uh, next break, can you tell everybody know where they can go to uh, find out more about 4-H and get involved? Absolutely. So those still wanting to join, we do have an open enrollment, but we do ask that you sign up before December 1st so you can get your 4-H projects. Um, if you literally Google Berkeley County 4-H, West Virginia University Extension, we're the first one that pops up. Go to the Join 4-H tab, and it'll walk you through step-by-step who to call, where they meet, um, and the information that you need to give. Or you can always call our office at 304-264-1936. Now, I know you're a West Virginia University guy as well. How you been feeling about the football team this year? Have you been even if you haven't even been <laughs> keeping up with it? I don't blame. I you. have kept up with it. Um, I'm a proud alumni most days of WVU, um, and it was funny. We were just talking with a, a group of 4H people, right? Um, and we gave out a pass um, to not trust the climb, but you could question the climb. <laughs> um, so that was one of our fun kind of digs. But we, I mean, I think it's one of those things that you know, win or lose, I'm going to support them. So absolutely, uh, but it does sting a little bit more when you see that like Pitt is nationally yes. ranked and stuff. Man, that always burns me just a little bit more. But again, Berkeley County Extension Service 4-H Coordinator Mikey Withrow, thanks for stopping by and chatting with us a little bit this morning. Appreciate it. Absolutely, glad to be on. Absolutely, and stick around for more here on Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live, part of the Panhandle Story for 75 years, with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsh. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their new historic location at downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at SuttonAndJanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Marshes out for the morning. And if you missed any of the show so far, we had Home Helpers Home Care on at the beginning to talk about all the great things that they do here in our community for uh, people of need. And of course, Laura Brad winning the 2021 Exceptional Caregivers of the Year Award. Then before the last break, and Berkeley County Extension Service 4-H coordinator, coordinator uh, Mikey Withrow on to talk about, again, all the great things that 4-H is doing, all the great things that he's doing to help kids around the area uh, and all kinds of different things like that. So if you missed any of that, you can always listen back to it a little bit later on today on our Panhandle Live Facebook page. But I wanted to go back and play a quick uh, you know, little segment of the interview we had with City Manager Martinsburg City Manager Mark Baldwin last week because there's a lot of cool things happening uh, around Martinsburg specifically that you know he has a big deal in and a little bit later on towards this uh, clip we talk about the food truck fest which of course happened this past weekend so if you hear that get a little confused that is what that is about but here is our conversation with city manager mark baldwin joining us in studio is martinsburg city manager mark baldwin how you doing this morning fine good morning morning nice to have you in doing good and as as you mentioned the weather's just been great um pretty much 
you know, all summer and all fall, we've had very little rain mm-hmm. for, for us. That's good news with all the construction projects. Right. It keeps those contractors working. That's true. Uh, but you're right. I do think the next few days are going to be nice. And next week it turns in a little bit of rain, a little more fall looking. Right. So yeah. uh, what's going on with, uh, you know, Martinsburg in general? I know Martin Street Corridor is starting to kind of wrap up with the parking lot and everything like that. And there's a few other things I know you've been uh, kind of out planning. Yeah, I mean, downtown, we, we did wrap up for the most part the Martin Street Corridor. Hopefully, uh, you mentioned the, the the food truck event this weekend coming up. Uh, our banners came in as part of that project for the Martin Street Corridor. Hopefully, we can get those up and have a little color downtown. Nice. Um, the Martin Street parking lot, mm-hmm. um, we're waiting for the, the final touches, and that's really stone and paving. It was supposed to occur this week, uh, waiting on the contractor to move in and, and do the parking lot. And the rest of Spring Street, uh, and it will be um, a nice touch to that final area and, and get out of there. It's been a couple of years with everything we've been doing. So tie a bow on this. Um, how long? How much? Where did the funds come from? Well, a couple of years ago, we did all infrastructure first. It was water, sewer, and stormwater, all the utilities. Um, that was about eight hundred some thousand dollars, and then we moved into the train station corridor project, and that's an eighty twenty grant, state of West Virginia, eighty percent. Uh, it's about $1.1 million, uh, mm-hmm. all told, uh, with what we did there. Um, and then the parking lot is about $350,000. So a, a big public investment to that area um, ties into the train station, ties into downtown very nicely. Uh, it's just another amenity and a, and a public improvement for visitors and, and hopefully attract new businesses downtown. See, it definitely does uh, look nice down there now. I mean, I thought I kind of liked how the uh, bricks looked on the whole street mm-hmm. as it was, but uh, it definitely makes it a lot easier for cars to move around. It looks like they even widened out the street a little bit, it seemed, uh, for parking and things like that. So, I mean, I definitely think it adds you know, yeah. to downtown for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing we're going to try, it's going to be a little bit unique. Uh, we have not put the parking meters back on Martin Street. Ooh, and people we actually, are loving that. And we actually improved... Um, White Avenue, we, mm-hmm. we, we we have an agreement with CSX. We paved it. We're going to monitor that. Well, enjoy that for a while. Uh, <laughs> we're just going to do the, the, the pay-by-phone as we're doing in the um, um, certain areas that we have. Uh, on the meters, you can do pay-by-phone. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to put meters in, but they'll be marked in a way that you still have to pay to park in those spots um, if you're visiting or you want to get a permit and so forth without actually having the meters. And the same thing for the parking lot. We're going to try that. And now another one of the big uh, projects I know that the city has on its list that is really going to uh, throw a wrench into traveling through downtown is going to be the underpass, the Queen Street underpass. So what's the uh, planning like on that so far? Well, we went out to bid. Uh, we had one bid. It was just a little over $3 million. Mm. Um, our estimated budget was around $1.2. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're presently evaluating our estimates to the contractor's uh, to see what what went wrong there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I bet you that number was a little bit of a shock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, and and there's that, that's a that's a tough project. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was it was a nice design, uh, so we're evaluating whether we can do some you know, value engineering on it and get the cost to you know, be a little more reasonable, or possibly just going out to bid and making some adjustments. Now, do you? I'm sorry. Say, do you have to work with CSX for that at all? Uh, since it is their you know train tracks that you're going to be oh, yeah. moving around. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, now, do they you know put in for any of the cost? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, this has been an ongoing project for many years. Uh, we did the evaluation. We provided them the report. Um, they reviewed it and did their own report. And, and CSX's take is um, the, the 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 overhead structure that runs the tracks and holds the trains is just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't need to do anything. Yeah. Aesthetically, it's their pro- it's their pro- property, but they're not going to invest 
a million to two million dollars in improving that underpass right to stop you know production and moving things. yeah the train's running yeah. so um we went through that issue with them and and city council made the decision that's a new gateway we're going to improve it and, and be done with it um traffic flow we'll be able to do one lane at a time mm-hmm. hopefully because uh, we're not doing anything above the track it's all the aesthetic stuff that you see mm-hmm. uh, so hopefully we can we can get that project within a, a good budget and get that out to bid again if that's what we do and it'll be more of a spring, summer, fall yeah. project in, in, into next year. But another nice improvement. Yeah. And, and tying into that is we have design dollars already for a new streetscape uh, from Queen and Race all the way to Pennsylvania Avenue. Sidewalks, lighting, banners. Nice. Um, and we have a grant in for the construction. Uh, so that's in process as well. Cool. When you uh, talk about the, the gap between what you had estimated the Queen Street underpass project being and then what came in at, as bid, are materials prices... Um, you know, the, the increase in materials factored into that, is that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of subcontractor work and it's detailed type work and there's a lot of, um, steel railing involved in this and mm-hmm. there you go. Steel is going up by 30%. It seems like right. every day and, c- and continues to increase. So that was a big cost. So we need to look at those issues. Um, is it, is it a different type of design, different type of material? We're going to stick with it. We're going to find a better time to bid all those above uh, need, need to be reviewed, but another nice project coming down to Pike, um, we continue to uh, try to finalize the, the West Race Street parking across from PD. That's yeah. in the works for spring as well. Uh, we're undergoing a design for the renovation of City Hall as we speak. I was going to uh, ask you, how's, uh, how's that coming along? Um, a little bit slow, but now we're back on track. Uh, hopefully... Do you have a little problems with how big your office was going to be and putting that No, up? not mine. Not <laughs> mine. Uh, we went through the space analysis and we were dealing with some other properties in and around us to see if we could acquire some more property and that kind of fell through a little bit. But uh, we're back on track and hopefully by you know, mid next year we'll be completed with design and out to bid. Absolutely. So I have to ask this question. When you talk about City Hall, is that where city court and tickets and things like that are paid? Um, all, all PD functions and court is now behind us in a new building. Okay. So that's in the police department. Yeah. It's all tied in there. They have their three floors, 30,000 square foot. So right now the bottom, the bottom of city hall is vacant right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, the idea would move all services downstairs, administration upstairs after the renovation project. Cool. Now, uh, I'm trying to think there was one other, uh, I think plan that I saw in you know one of the budget packets or whatever that uh, was some sort of, I think like a bike trail, walking trail. I think that was going to connect route nine up to I think War Memorial Park has that uh, gotten any you know motion? Sure, um, there's what's called the Frog Hollow Spur, yeah, and that's from that's our train station area all the way out to Route Nine, um, the bridge overpass going towards Argos and out that way. Um, they have agreed to you know deed that property over to the city. The one hiccup is that bridge is also a part of that deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we're going to take the, the Spur Trail, we also have to take the bridge over Route Nine. Um, we're in the process of doing an evaluation of that bridge structure just to make sure that it's going to be there for a while without mm-hmm. any major rehab or issues. Um, so we're, we're undertaking that process. If that turns out okay, I think city council will move forward and, oh, yeah. and we can start um, you know, improving that, that that trail. And then it can connect the Route 9 and various yeah, parts yeah, yeah. of the city eventually. Absolutely. Again, we're speaking with Martinsburg City Manager Mark Baldwin. Thanks for uh, stopping in this morning and chatting with us a little bit. There's always something cool going on with uh, Martinsburg and always good to get those updates. It's always good to come in. Thank you.
And that was a little bit of our conversation with City Manager Mark Baldwin last week, talking about, of course, the Four State Food Truck Fest a bit, but all the other, you know, great things that are, you know, in the works or happening uh, here in Martinsburg, especially like the Martin the Martin Street corridor. I mean, that was huge that that was, you know, done and looking as nice as it is now, you know, with the Four State Food Truck Fest happening this past weekend. The uh, parking lot just about done. I saw Halloween was uh, happening this weekend too. Down at the Apollo Theater, there was a million people walking around for that. All in all, pretty good time uh, here in the Panhandle this weekend. Now, I was messing with Mikey a little bit earlier about West Virginia and how they've been, um, I guess, a little underwhelming this year, especially after losing to Baylor a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago, 45-20. to But they turned it around this past weekend, if you missed it. They ended up uh, going out to Texas Christian University, playing the uh, Horned Frogs at TCU, and ended up winning 29-17. to So there you go. So maybe I was uh, uh, a little... I don't know, maybe overly critical of the Mountaineers this past weekend. And I'd also, I forgot to bring up, which I always got to bring up, uh, Berkeley Springs. Berkeley Springs Indians played on Friday. And, of course, you can listen to every Berkeley Springs game over on our sister station, 92.9 WXDC. They went on the long road trip out to Fairmont, West Virginia, to play at historic East-West Stadium. It was just like uh, Saturday was, a perfect fall you know, football Saturday. Well, Friday night was a perfect fall football Friday night, especially at a cool place like East West Stadium out in Fairmont. But that was a super back and forth game. And uh, I think I've seen like a million football points scored uh, here in the last like week or so. But Berkeley Springs comes out with the victory to move to four and four on the year. 56 to 48 was your final score for Berkeley Springs against East Fairmont. The East Fairmont Bees out in Fairmont at East West Stadium. It was an unbelievable game, uh, especially, I mean, when you see 56 points for one team and 48 for the other, you know it was definitely an unbelievable game. But if you've missed any of this show so far, you can always listen back to it a little bit later on today. We had Home Helpers Home Care on to talk about uh, one of their own, Laura Bradley, winning the 2021 Exceptional Caregiver of the Year Award. Uh, we also had Berkeley County Extension Service 4-H coordinator Mikey Withrow on to talk about you know the things that they were involved that they've been involved with all year and some of the things they have coming up. It was cool to hear that they were down at the, again, Four State Food Truck Fest because uh, that was such a good time. I'm so glad uh, that that was able to you know go off without a hitch and that it was as good as it was. Uh, I'm glad everybody was able to have a good time and that the rain didn't scare too many people away. But I think that just about does it for us here on Panhandle Live today. For the absent Marsh Kavalik, I'm Jordan Warner. It's been Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a good one. We will talk to you tomorrow.
WPPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs. This is the Panhandle News Network, a West Virginia Radio Corporation station.